0: Praise God, let me just um, start off by saying, what are you thinking about right now? What are you thinking about right now? What do you think about in general? What do you think about on a day-to-day basis? What do you think about on an hourly basis? Or for that matter, what do you think about on a moment-by-moment basis? What thoughts? What thoughts do you dwell on? Proverbs 23, 7, you don't have to go there right now, but Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. As he thinketh in his heart, so is he. In other words, what we think will be evident in our outward attitudes and actions in our lives. This means that our thoughts, our thoughts are nothing to be taken lightly, for, lightly of, to be thought lightly of or taken for granted. Our thoughts are not to be just simply taken for granted. Our perspectives and thoughts hold the power. They hold the power to determine our attitudes of today and also our attitudes of tomorrow. Fortunately, we get to choose what our thoughts look like. We actually get to choose what our thoughts look like. One thought And one day at a time, we choose or can choose. There's a saying that says, change your thoughts and you can change your world. Change your thoughts and you can change your world. Understand that true joy and positive attitude do not come from a problem-free life. Joy and a happy attitude don't come from a problem-free life. It comes from your choice to change your thoughts. Now look at here how those thoughts play into our lives. So let today, let today, not tomorrow, but let today be the first day of your new optimistic life. Let it be the first day of a fresh season of life where you begin giving, uh, uh, living a life of optimism. You start to live life optimistically, seeing the glass as half full instead of being half empty. In today's message, in today's message, we'll be looking at three God-filled strategies that we need to bring into our daily lives if we want to transform our thoughts, feelings, and lifestyles. Don't think lightly of what you think about. Your thoughts have a very powerful uh, interaction with your everyday life. The three things that we're going to be looking at, three God-filled strategies we need to bring into our daily lives if you want to transform your thoughts, feelings, and lifestyles. One is to, first of all, notice negative thoughts. First, we start with notice negative thoughts. You've got to notice them. You've got to realize. So many times we have negative thoughts and we don't even realize it. We talked about blind spots last week. Blind spots, how there are things that we do in our lives that we don't even see that we're doing and don't realize how they impact us spiritually and impact our lives. So the first one is to, first of all, notice your negative thoughts. The second point is to reject those negative thoughts. After you notice the negative thought, the next thing you need to do is to reject that thought. And then thirdly, is after you've rejected it, you've got to replace that negative thought. You've got to replace it. It isn't sufficient to just say, I reject this thought, because then what you're doing, in essence, is you're leaving a blank. You're leaving a vacuum. that You're leaving a hole. So you've got to replace those negative thoughts. Scripture, the word of God, reinforces the importance of these three steps. Let's go to Second Corinthians. Everything we say and do here, we have to be balancing it on the Word of God, basing it on the Word of God. 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Everything we say and do in this ministry has to be based on the Word of God, not on my or my thoughts, or on my my projections, or on my opinion. It has to be based on the Word of God. So 2 Corinthians 10, starting with verse number 3. Verse number 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they're not earthly, they're not worldly things, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Verse 5. Casting down imaginations... And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So put a highlight or a bracket around verse number five, because the main words here, the main verse here is verse number five. Casting down imaginations. Imaginations is the thought process, the things that you think about. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Bringing into captivity every thought. We all know that it is important to cast down imaginations. But many of us have no idea, have no real understanding of how to really do it. Word of God says, cast down imaginations. Well, nice words, but how do you actually cast down imaginations? How do we take our thoughts captive and then change our lives? These thoughts are such things that are just kind of fleeting out there. It's not like you can just put your hand on it, but how do we capture those thoughts? The Word of God says to take captive and then change our lives. Well, today we'll be exploring this as we move forward in this journey towards a renewed optimism and joy in our lives. Today, I pray, I really pray that God will open the door of your heart and help you to begin to let your faith be in control of your mind so that you can take back control of your thoughts. We don't even think about our thoughts. We don't think about them. The thoughts come into our heads and we don't even think about them. We don't think about what is it that I'm really thinking Believe it or not, the thought will jump in your mind and it will dwell in it will get in it will do its thing. Sometimes it's a dastardly thing that this thought is doing. And then you wind up living out and acting out your life for that particular time or that particular day according to that thought. And you're not even thinking about what you're thinking. Well, the word of God is saying to grab those imaginations, those thoughts, and to bring them captivity and compare them to the word of God. Anything that you're thinking about that is contrary to the word of God, you should not be thinking of. You should not be dwelling on, let's put it like that. Because if it's contrary to the word of God, it's going to bring you grief. If you are ready, if you are ready, God is ready to pull you out of the quicksand of negativity that you might be living in and discouragement and bring you to a place of victory over any negative thoughts. Remember, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. As he thinketh in his heart, so is he. As you think deep within, that is how you are. That is how you're going to be. Casting down imaginations, the Word of God says, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. It would do you well to kind of remember to remember those two scriptures. To get started, to get started, let's discuss thought patterns. You know, we got to build a little foundation just so you understand just where we're going. Let's discuss thought patterns. Approximately ninety-five percent, ninety-five, approximately ninety-five percent of our thoughts today. Are the same repetitive thoughts that we thought yesterday. Did you get that? About 95% of the thoughts that you think today are the same thoughts that you think you, you, you thought yesterday, and possibly the same thoughts that you may think t- tomorrow. Okay. And then out of that, to make make matters worse, about 80% of those habitual thoughts are negative thoughts. So the thoughts that you're thinking today are more than likely thoughts that you had yesterday and thoughts that you may have tomorrow, and 80% of those thoughts are negative thoughts. So this is how we are—we wind up conducting our lives, and we don't even realize it. We go through life, we go through all day today and all day tomorrow, and you went through yesterday, how many negative thoughts popped into your mind? How many negative thoughts at the time that negative thought popped into your mind gave you a certain feeling, made you feel a certain way, made you start thinking, oh, gee, uh, boy, oh, well, whatever that feeling was, how many? Eighty percent of the thoughts that you thought today, you think today, you thought about yesterday. Therefore, there are thousands of negative thoughts that cycle through our minds day after day, every single day. Thousands, thousands of negative thoughts poisoning our minds, our attitudes and and outlooks on life, one by one, creating negative thinking and negative self-talk, negative self-talk. A negative thought is actually negative self-talk. Because really, realize it or not, when you have that thought come into your mind, you wind up talking back to it. And sometimes it's done in a nanosecond, and I mean a hair of a second is done, but you're responding to that negative thought. So therefore, it winds up being called negative self-talk. If the majority of our thoughts are positive, however, then we'll feel and we'll be more positive. But if the majority of our self-talk is negative, the outcome of our lives will be negative. If what you wind up thinking of the majority of the time is negative thoughts, then the outcome of your life is going to be negative. You see, it is our thoughts that drive our feelings and our happiness, not our circumstances. Your thoughts drive your feelings. right? And happiness. It's not your circumstances. You can be, you can be, my gosh, you can have everything that you've been praying for answered, a new house, a new car, you know, you married the most wonderful woman or man in your life and everything is is going great as far as your surroundings and your circumstances are. You have a great job and everything is wonderful as far as your circumstances are. But yet still these negative thoughts that pop in are the ones that make you feel negative, make you feel unhappy, bring your lifestyle down. So regardless of your circumstances, if you don't get 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 a grip over and and are able to pull down those negative thoughts, it will make your outlook on life and the things that you actually do in terms of your physical actions wind up being in a negative, negative manner. So it's not the circumstances, but it's the thoughts. Please understand, one thing very important here, we're not talking about that secular positive thinking thing, all right? There have been books upon books written by secular people about positive thinking. You think positive and your world will change. Just think positively. okay? The difference between those secular techniques about positive thinking that you can go to management seminars and hear about, there are dozens of seminars you can attend about positive thinking. The difference there and what God is talking about here is that the secular positive thinking is absent God. It's not bringing God into the picture at all. There's no concept of God working in your life. There's no concept of Holy Spirit working in your life. There's no concept of the fact that God gave you gave you a command to pull down every single imagination, to pull down those imaginations, those things that, that is away from the word of God, to pull it down, to crush it out. Whereas, whereas secular positive thinking just talks about if you think right and meditate and vision right and all this stuff, then things will be good for you. And guess what? The failure there is that people can do that and they don't know Jesus Christ. And the devil is still waiting in the wings, waiting in the outer court, waiting his opportunity to pounce on him, to bring him down. If our thoughts are negative, our feelings and actions will be negative as well. And together, these things can lead to a negative life where you wind up lacking peace and joy. For example, if we spend an entire day... Fuming over someone else's flaws and thinking about how that person doesn't meet our expectations will wind up feeling animosity toward that person, which can then lead to an outward display of negative behaviors on your part that might damage your relationship with that person. So if you wind up dwelling on the flaws of any individual, and all of us have flaws, you wind up dwelling on that. That can wind up impacting your your relationship with that person to the point that it's a very, very negative, negative outlook on that person. You see, so your thoughts can wind up developing and driving your actions. An example could be if we spend time thinking about how our boss doesn't appreciate us wind up we, we dwell on that, keep thinking about how our boss doesn't appreciate us and he's and, and we wind up constantly telling ourselves how underpaid we are. We will feel discontent for that job, which can then lead to a bad attitude, it can lead to poor performance, and then maybe even eventually lead to you being on the unemployment line. Amen. So if you start dwelling on the fact and start thinking and believing that your, your boss doesn't like you and he's always putting me down and I'm not making enough money and everything negative, negative, negative and negative. You wind up developing this animosity towards your boss, which will wind up manifesting in your relationship, your interactions with him, which could wind up getting you unemployed. You see, you see, because we don't realize that as we're thinking things, the thoughts that come through our minds, we also react accordingly. All right. Did you ever look at someone's face? The more you're in line with Holy Spirit and in line with the word of God. And even you can look at someone and you're talking to them and you can see something go across their face where inside your mind, you're saying, uh oh, he or she's got a problem with what I just said. Or he or she has a problem with me. You may start thinking. All right. okay." so it's the way that person is thinking that can wind up um, generating very, very obviously how that person is feeling towards you. Because of any negative thoughts. Well, the same thing applies to you. If you have negative thoughts about an individual, especially in the workplace, if you have negative thoughts, that's going to wind up wind up um, manifesting itself in your body language, in the expressions on your face, okay? You ever see somebody walk into a room and people kind of all of a sudden, they look up at them and they start getting very uncomfortable because the people in that room have a negative feeling about that individual? Okay, okay? The negative thoughts channels Channels and, and, and broadcast. That's the word they're looking for. The negative thought that you're entertaining can broadcast your true feelings and therefore your body language and everything else will carry that out. It'll wind up showing. So we have to be very, very careful about those particular thoughts. If we spend time thinking about what other people think about us, we will feel like we don't measure up and live with a lack of confidence in who we really are and live a lack, uh, live a life of confidence in who we belong to, meaning God. If we start dwelling on what people are thinking about us, and you start then you start feeling like you like you are, are are inferior. You forget that you're a child of God. You forget that you can do all things through Christ Jesus. You see? You see? So thoughts have a way of manifesting themselves in very, very real ways in the physical and in the three dimensional world. If we constantly think about our past mistakes rather than accept God's forgiveness and mercy, we'll wind up feeling unforgivable. Alright? We wind up feeling unforgivable and unlovable and live a life disconnected from the love of God. And how does that work in reality? You start dwelling on the fact, I made all these mistakes in 19 so-and-so. I made all these mistakes five years ago. Oh boy, oh boy, God doesn't love me. And the devil, of course, seizes that opportunity, and he just just, just dumps on it more. You see what you did? Remember 25 years ago you did so-and-so? And And 25 years ago will come to you with crystal clarity, 3D technicolor, like on a movie screen. You remember that thing that you did. And then you start thinking to yourself that, gee, I'm unworthy. Now, right away, that's not pulling down a thought that is contrary to the word of God. But the word of God doesn't say that. The word of God says that God forgives you, that God looks doesn't look at your mistakes. Once you come to him and you repent, God forgives you of that mistake and it's wiped clean. But if you wind up thinking on that, thinking on that, then you wind up feeling that you are unforgivable and that you are unlovable to God. And then what winds up happening is what manifests in your life physically is that guess what? You stop praying. Your praying slows down. Your reading the Bible slows down. Your time of spending one-on-one quality time with God starts lacking because you are thinking that you're unforgivable. Pull down that thought. Because it's exalting itself against the word of God, as the scripture said, you see. So our thoughts and our thinking can drive how we wind up feeling, which winds up manifesting how we live our lives. If we listen to all this negative self-talk, as I said before, which is not from God, we may even end up sinking into an ocean of discouragement and despair and feeling that we can never swim our way out of peaceful waters, into peaceful waters. I'll, I'll, I'll never be able to do any better. I'm going to stay just being this miserable soul that I am. So so I want you to please understand that our thoughts turn into feelings that can easily take control of our lives and can steer us in a direction that we do not want to go in. Your thoughts can take over your life and take you where you don't want to go because the word of God says, as he thinketh, so he is. As he thinketh, so he is. Our feelings can be persistent and constantly whispering to gain dominion over our actions. They can create our destiny. Either good or bad, because whatever we are dwelling on in our minds is what will play out in our lives. As a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. Whatever you wind up dwelling on, that's going to play out in your life. The Word of God says this, not I, the Word of God. So if you want to please, please understand that it is usually our thoughts, not our circumstances, as I said before, or life conditions that cause us to sink. This is an important spiritual truth to get into our minds. Mark it down someplace. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If you can't remember the King James language, just remember what it means is what we think becomes who we are. Simple as that. What we think becomes who we are. Okay. this reminds us not to think as the world or the unbeliever thinks. We don't think as the world thinks. Go to Romans. Book of Romans. Thank you, Jesus. Romans chapter twelve Romans chapter twelve Thank you, Jesus Romans twelve. It should be right after Acts, right after the book of Acts, amen. Praise the living God. Right after the book of Acts. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Romans 12, verse number one. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not concerned, con- I'm sorry, be not conformed to this world. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, by the renewing of your mind, by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God, perfect will of God. You see here that what is saying is that we don't think as the world thinks, we don't conform ourselves to think the way the rest of the world thinks. OK, an unbeliever, when things are going badly in the workplace or something is is, is, is going wrong you know, with the stock market, if you're so inclined or whatever this is going on in the world around you and people in the world, those are people that are unbelievers. They start following. They start following certain thought processes. We as the children of children of God. We don't follow those thought processes because those thought processes will bring us down, down, down to all sorts of, uh, you, you know, damnable thoughts. We wind up being making ourselves miserable because we're not thinking the way God would have us think that that God is in control of our lives. God is the one that's guiding everything that is in my life. So therefore, I don't need to be worrying and thinking the way they do. So the Bible there says it says to renew your mind to renew it. If we go to Proverbs four. Proverbs chapter four. And verse number 20. My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and health to all your flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Here the word heart is referring to your mind. Okay. Keep your mind with all diligence. So that means that there has to be some effort in keeping our mind. That means that we are to, to, to think about what it is that we're thinking about. We're to recognize that negative thought. Okay. First of all, if something that you're thinking about is making you feel very, very out of sorts, it's painful, it's distressful, it's making you lose sleep and whatnot, recognize that as a negative thought. Okay, and then what do we say before the step number two is, is, is to cast it out, to cast that thought out, and then to think about it. what am I going to replace it with? So this says this you to keep your heart with all diligence. So if the word of God is saying you to keep our heart or our mind with all diligence, that means that we have to work at it. There's something that we have to do. It's not that it's an easy thing. OK, if you're pursuing a career it, it, with diligence, that means you're looking very hard at how do I how do I develop that career? If there's something that you that you want to buy, all of us here that are gadget nuts, you know what it is. When you get a gadget in mind that you want to buy and you go on Amazon and you go into a million places, best Buy, you, you go into the message boards. You're doing all of this research to find out the best way to get this gadget and for the best price, of course. And so how much diligence do you put into that? And think about it. I mean, you know, my, myself, how many times have I thought sat there watching TV with my laptop on my lap, and it's something I'm looking for, and I'm watching TV with one eye and looking at the, the web browser with the other, and I'm able to follow the plot that's on screen at the same time, I'm looking at, but this is with some diligence it takes to do that, diligence. If I was studying history in school back when I was in elementary school, I didn't study with that diligence. History is not one of my strongest subjects. But what I'm saying is that diligence means that it takes some effort. So when the Word of God says, keep your heart or your mind with all diligence, uh, for out of it are the issues of life, God is saying very sternly here, listen, you got to work at doing that, okay? Because keeping your mind and keeping your thoughts and whatnot, it impacts, it says, out of it are the issues of life. All right. So if we're not keeping our mind and keeping our thoughts and watching what we're thinking and doing something about those negative thoughts. That can become an issue of your life. You see, but many people don't realize things are going wrong in their lives and they don't stop to think that, you know, they're, they're looking. Well, you know, am I going to church? Uh, uh, and, and Am I tithing? Uh, and am I giving to God? Am I spending time with God? Am I reading the word of God? OK, but then they don't think about their thoughts. You see? And you can be doing all of those wondrous things. You can be praising God twenty four seven. Then you're still if you're not one that's really keeping a handle on your thought life, those those negative thoughts, that that that, that negative self talk that's going on, it'll tear down everything that you've done. OK, you can just come from church hearing a wonderful sermon, wonderful sermon. They get you so pumped up. Oh, boy, that was a good message, a good message. And then you get back to your house and you know, at a quiet space there, maybe you're in the room changing clothes, you're doing something by yourself. And all of a sudden, boom, that thought, that negative thought pops into your mind. Everything that you just heard a half an hour ago in church goes out the window. Every single hope every single sense of faith that whatever that message was about built in you, every single, every single, um, um, maybe in that church service you came to understand that you really understand who God is and how I need to relate to God, and it made you feel so good, but that negative thought, that negative self-talk pops in your mind out of nowhere, and what do you do? How do you feel? How do you feel? Your wife or your husband comes into the room to say something, and you snap at him, You know, you know, you know, or your dog comes into the room and you kick at him. Hopefully you won't do that. Amen? 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 All I'm just saying to you is that it can, out of it comes the issues of life. Not my words. The word of God. Out For out of it comes the issues of life. All right? So if we want to make sure the issues of life are not things that are tearing us apart. We need to make sure that we keep our heart, we keep our mind, we keep our thoughts with all diligence. Remember to put on the helmet of salvation that protects your mind as stated in Ephesians 6. Let's go to Ephesians really quick. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Ephesians chapter six. Now, Ephesians six talks—you know, of course, as you know—talks about the armor of God. And I'll just—I'm just going to read through a part of that. Uh, Let's see. We'll just start with number number twelve. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That's what we fight against, spiritual wickedness in high places, okay? And the term wrestling there uh, uh, indicates wrestling is close combat. Doesn't mean we're talking about this in Bible study the other night. It means that you're not defeating these principalities of darkness or these these things of spiritual darkness. You're not you're not you're not battling it from a distance. Wish you had like a spiritual gun you could just fire at him and no and, oh, no no now this this is close combat wrestling is done close combat okay we wrestle against against uh, uh, not against flesh and blood spiritual wickedness in high places verse thirteen wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and in the word withstand is the word stand. Underline that part, stand there, able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. It says again, to stand. That means not collapsing, not giving in. Stand, therefore, verse 14 again, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the um, uh, preparation of the gospel of peace, above all taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation. Helmet of salvation, underline that, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The helmet of salvation, a helmet obviously is something that goes on your head. So the helmet of salvation is, is, is to protect the mind, is to protect the thoughts. The helmet of salvation, salvation in its sum total is everything that is, is, is wonderful about what God has done for us. Salvation meaning that you've been saved. Salvation meaning meaning that the Word of God says, regardless of, of anything, of, uh, uh, God, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Okay, nothing, and nothing at all. The helmet of salvation protects you with the whole concept of salvation, meaning so that you understand who you are in Christ Jesus. Amen? So wearing that helmet of salvation will help to do what the Word of God said before, to keep with all diligence your heart, to keep your thoughts, to keep your mind protected. You see? See. And you have to remember that when those negative thoughts come in, you have to start in a way start wondering, oh, oh gee, you know, how did that thought manage to get in? Where did it come from? Well you know where it came from, where it came from. The enemy wants to tear you apart. The enemy wants you miserable. Because if you're miserable, if you're miserable to the point of where you believe, start believing, as I said before, that you are unworthy that you are, are, are unworthy to be forgiven, if the enemy can get you to, to believe that through your thoughts, then you wind up slipping away from God, because you get to the and say, oh, well, I'm not going to be forgiven anymore, I'm not worthy. So you stop going to God. You get to the point where you feel like you can't even look upon God, you can't even look in his direction, that you cannot, you cannot go enter into his throne of grace, as it says, to enter, enter into the throne, boldly, the word of God says. But if you've got these negative thoughts that you're entertaining and the devil says you're not worthy, then you're going to stop wanting to go to God. You're going to think that you can't go to God. You see? see? So when the word of God says to keep diligently your thoughts and to remember here where it talks about the helmet of salvation, wearing the helmet of salvation will protect your mind from those thoughts. The last section here getting into is replacing, uh, I'm sorry, the second section is replacing those negative thoughts. Here are three simple steps that can be useful in your life. Okay, as I said before, notice negative thoughts. Ask God to expose each negative thought that you have. Ask God to expose it. You can take authority over your thoughts when you notice the ones that you've allowed in. If you if you if you don't notice them, you don't know what they are, then you can't take authority over them. So you've got to notice them and then begin to recognize the thinking patterns that have developed in your mind over time. Do you find yourself thinking in a negative fashion in certain uh, uh, time frames? You know, some people start thinking in a negative fashion come holiday time. Christmas, Thanksgiving can be a very, very sad time for some people. So if there are times, if if there seems to be periodic times or or, or in, in cycles, if you will, that you're developing the same negative thought, then that's something that you need to think about. Something that you need to pray on. Why is it that these thoughts keep popping up at this particular given time? Notice and capturing the thoughts that have kept you bound is the first step in this transformation that I'm talking about. The next step is to reject that negative thought. After you notice the negative thought, you have the power to reject it. You have the power to reject it. You have the power to reject that thought. Refuse to enter enter it in your mind or on your lips. You don't go discussing that negative thought. You get this negative thought. You don't want to go, you know, tell your friend, tell your husband, your wife, or somebody else. You don't want to be confessing it because then you're giving, um, you're you're, you're, you're giving volume to this thought. You're, you're giving it body. You're giving it a life. The more you start discussing and you're, and you're thinking about it, so you, you've got to you've got to re- refuse it and rebuke it right away, right away. Reject any thought that lies about who you are, or who others are, or who, or who God is. Reject that thought. You all of a sudden get a thought in your mind, well, God's not listening. God ain't big enough to overcome this thing that's happening in my life. Gee, God probably doesn't even know what's happening in my life. Wow, what a negative thought that is. So the first thing you do is don't entertain it. Don't talk about it to anyone. You don't want to give life to that thought. You want to to get it out of your mind and reject it right away and refuse it. If what you are thinking doesn't line up with Scripture, then it is not true. Simple as that. If what you're thinking does not line up with script, Scripture, it's not true. All right? So that's where the Word of God said before, casting down any imagination that exalts itself up against the Word of God or above the, the Word of God. Toss out any thoughts that makes you feel hopeless. Toss out any thoughts that make you feel worried or afraid. When you're, when you're tempted to complain, blame, or shame, use the power that God has given you to refrain from doing it. When you reject negative thoughts, they lose their power over you. The only time that negative thought can gain any power is if you sit around and you entertain it and you dwell on it. Okay? Because then what you start doing is you wind up birthing life life to that thought. And how do you do that? Because you start rationalizing and thinking about how that thought, that negative thought, can become true. And you start rehearsing in your mind's eye exactly how it's going to play out. Okay? Your boss calls you up or sends you an email Please come to my office at 9 o'clock today. And here it is 8 30. See a half an hour away and he wants me there. Right away that negative thought pops in. Choo! Goes into your mind. And in between that time and the time of the, 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 those nanoseconds that take place after that, you've got the whole scenario playing out. I'm going to leave my office, I'm going to close the door, I'm going to go out, I'm going to push the button, the elevator's going to come, the door's going to open, I'm going to get onto that elevator, I'm going to be the only one on that elevator, and the elevator goes up to his floor, and I'm going to get out that elevator, I'm going to walk past the secretary so-and-so, she's going to wave, and she's going to have a real down look on her face. Oh boy, she knows, she knows. And then when I go through, he's going to be sitting there, and he's going to be down reading and writing. And when I walk through to his door, he's going to take his time looking up at me. And here you are rehearsing this whole thing in your mind. In the meantime, that thought is getting, first it was a, it was a wispy thing, kind of just smoky, went through your head. All of a sudden, this thought now has developed legs, developed feet. It's taking form. Now it's got a body, and now it's got arms, and now it's got a head. And this thought is becoming more and more live and real as you go through in your mind's eye what's going to happen. And then when I go into the boss's desk and he looks up at me, he's going to tell me, get the blankety-blank out of here, you're fired, I never want to see your ugly face again, and all of these horrible words. Everyone outside in the office is going to hear it, I'm going to be the laughing stock. I'm going to have to jump out the window, commit, and he got the whole thing played out in your mind. You cancel out that thought. God loves me. All things work together for good. that love the Lord. God is my provider. The angels are encamped around about me. And all of these things you're thinking as you go up on that elevator, you walk in and there's the boss that he jumps up with a big smile on his face. Congratulations on promoting you to so-and-so. Boom. And you're like, what, what, what? And you're all shocked. But in the meantime, what did you do before that? You gave life. You put a body onto this negative thought. Many of the things the negative things that we worry about and think about in our lives never come to pass. OK, but where the devil gets in is that he knows that you don't know the future. He knows which ones of us have enough or very little faith in God. And so what he does is he puts that negative thought in your mind and lets you let you dwell on it. lets you put a body to it so that it winds up impacting how you um, react in this world. On the way up to see your boss, if someone had run into you in a hallway while you had this negative thought, and you're putting legs and arms and a head on this thing, if someone had said good morning, you would have turned and snapped at it. What's so, what's so good about it? Because this, and now this is playing out in your real life. It's playing out because this is how you're, this is what you're thinking. So this is how your attitude is. This is how your world is. You see? You see? You see? So, so you've got to make sure you get that thought and you get it under, under control, and you bring it down under submission and you reject it. Reject it so that that thought loses any power over you, okay? You'd be surprised how much power a thought can have over your life because that thought can determine how you do the next step, how you perform the next thing that's coming up in your life, how you react to the next person that comes through the door, how you, how you respond to your children, how you respond to your loved ones, to your family that's around you. That thought, that thought has extreme power over you, so you need to bring it under control. The last thing here, number three, is to replace the negative thought. And each time you kill a negative thought that's been exposed, you need to replace it with a thought that is more true and in accordance with God's word. You go to Philippians 4. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, replace that negative thought. Philippians 4, and just verse number 8. Well, let's start with um, verse number 6. Philippians 4, verse 6. Be careful for nothing, for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Underline, please, the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your mind through Christ Jesus. That peace of God is one thing you should always remember that you want to strive for. Because that that means that you will have peace, even though it doesn't make sense to have peace, peace. You'll have peace when everybody else around you is falling to pieces. And sometimes maybe you've been in a position where someone at work or someone in the neighborhood or someone around you will say, so How can you be so calm over so and so? How can you be so at ease? Okay? It's because of the fact you know who God is. You're a super confident of your relationship with God. You know that He loves you. You know that He cares for you. You know that He's not going to let anything really bad happen to you. You know that. So therefore, you have a peace. Does it make sense to the unbeliever? No. Can an unbeliever understand that? No. Because the peace that God gives you bypasses their understanding, bypasses it. It doesn't make sense. As a matter of fact, when you really, really, really get into this and you really start living your life according to what we're talking about here today, you'll have a peace when there's an issue in your life that even you don't understand. Even you don't understand. But you'll stop and you'll think for a split second, Jesus, how can I be so peaceful in this? Okay? And the minute that happens, what you do is you tear down that thought, because then that's that negative thought trying to come in, trying to counter God's word, trying to make you rationalize and think through why I shouldn't have the peace. Okay? so the peace of God, when it descends on you, it may pass your understanding, but just accept it. Just accept it. Accept the fact that I'm peaceful in this situation. Wow, I love that. I love this feeling. I love this feeling. Okay? And don't let, the devil, don't let the devil bring that negative thought back to you. Well, how can you be peaceful when you got this going on? The peace of God will, de- will descend upon you that even passes your understanding. But just accept it. Accept it. Take that peace. And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Verse number 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Just underline, think on these things. There's a whole list of things that you can think about when that negative thought comes into mind. Think on these things, all right? There there are so many wonderful things of God. Think back to when God brought you through a particularly troubling time. And then remember that, gee, God brought me through that time. He'll bring me through this time also. You You know, I think about heaven sometimes when there's something really troubling. I'll think about heaven. I'll look forward and say, man, that's going to be a beautiful place. I wonder about this. How is that going to work? What's this going to look like? You know, what's going to be the layout? I mean, these are the things that are lovely. These are the thoughts that are peaceful. Think about the promises that God made throughout his word. Okay? These are the things to to, to think on. So when you've got that negative thought, you recognize it for what it is for being negative. You reject it and tear it down and get rid of that thought. And then you bring in the other thoughts, the thoughts of peace, the things that are wonderful, the things that are lovely. Okay. Okay. Believe it or not, we cannot truly multitask. Not truly, truly multitask. Okay. Truly, you know, in terms of 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 like computer speak, you know, computers are considered to be able to multitask because they actually are doing more than one thing at phenomenal speeds. Phenomenal speeds. They're switching back and forth between many things. You know. You know. And and we we cannot truly truly multitask. We can really occupy and dwell on one thought at a time. You may get more adept at being able to get a thought and pass it out of your mind, but that still you are dwelling on one thought at a time. Okay? All right? so, so when you get that negative thought, you reject it, you tear it down, and of course with the word of God, first of all, you say, this, this thought is exalting itself against the word of God. God does not say that. So therefore, I'm going to cast that thought out of my mind. They had, there were a number of young people At a climate, yes, I'm saying this on the network here, on the Internet. They're into this climate change thing. And these were young people that were testifying in front of Congress, one of the committees. girl like she was, I don't know, maybe 12 years old and so forth. And she was saying that we are so fearful. I feel like I want to cry all the time thinking about where I'm going to be in such a short period of time. Us children shouldn't have to worry about these things. We shouldn't be so fearful about these things. What are children doing thinking about such, such things? Why are their lives filled with these thoughts when they shouldn't be? At that age, when I was that age, I mean, gee, was I was out playing handball, basketball, or getting into whatever devil man I could find to get into and so forth. You know, but I was just out there just having a good time. Most of our kids coming up were having good times at that age. So what's wrong? Okay, the wrong thoughts are going on out there because they're absent God. They're absent God. Any child in a family where God is in the household would not be worrying about that thing. This world's not going any place in 12 years or 10 years or any other time until God is ready for it to go. So there's no Christian that should be worried about this planet blowing up or dying from carbon monoxide suffocation or anything else, because God is very much in charge of this planet and very much in charge of our lives, you see. But the point I'm making, relative to what we're talking about here, is if you dwell on that, you think about that, then that will manifest in your lifestyle also, where the next thing you know, you'll find yourself on some picket line. You'll be carrying a sign looking like these other... People out there, you know, talking about this and talking about that. And it, it, will, it will impact your lifestyle instead of you pulling that thought down and going back to what the word of God says. The word of God says that no man shall know the time. Many of the scriptures that talks about how God is in charge of this planet, where it will go and when it will go, and the new creation that will be here. OK. All right. You see, you see, so what I'm saying is that thoughts can play themselves out in, and manifest themselves in your life so that you are acting accordingly and responding accordingly. So you've got to replace that negative thought. For example, notice the negative thought. I'm not going to, su- to succeed is counter to the thought that God loves me and that wants the best of me or, or the thought that says all things are possible with Christ. A thought that comes into your mind, I'm not going to succeed. This thing is way beyond my 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 abilities. I don't have the training. I don't have the education. I don't have the physical stamina. I can do all things through Christ Jesus. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. All things are possible with Christ. The act of replacing thoughts may feel kind of awkward or may feel forced in the beginning because your brain might not be used to claiming and announcing the truth of God's word every time a thought comes into your mind. So it may feel a little, little awkward. What will help with that, of course, is if you're reading the word of God enough and if you're in the word of God and if you're praying to God enough that the word, these words will be in your spirit. So when these negative thoughts pop in, your spirit will automatically bring up the scriptures to counter those those negative thoughts and to rebuke them and cast them out and to replace them. But as you continue to choose what is most true, which is God's word, as you continue to choose what is most true your brain will begin to form new neural pathways that will strengthen God's Holy Spirit renewal and transformation of your mind. So, in other words, you wind up, you know how a habit is created? A habit is created because the brain actually builds pathways where it becomes a a, a repetitive thing that you're doing, and it becomes a habit. Well, if we get to the point where we're almost habitually accustomed to taking that negative thought, checking it, checking it and pulling it down and replacing it with what God's word is true, then that will build a new neural pathway into your brain that will make it become passe, where it won't feel so awkward, okay? Whereas right now when you start doing it, you may have to make a conscious effort. oh there's a negative thought. Let me replace it with God's word, okay? It, 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 may, it, it may take some effort to do that. Over time, if you, get in the habit, if you get in the habit of doing that, then it will become habitual to you so that when that negative thought comes in, the first thing is, one, you'll recognize it as a negative thought. How you know it's a negative thought? Something that's making me feel lousy, something that's got me worrying, something that's counter to the Word of God. You recognize it right. Well, that's not what God says. So you cancel it out. You reject that thought, and then you replace it. God's in charge. God knows what my needs are. God knows that I need to have this. God knows that my kids need this. So therefore, God's going to provide all my needs. You replace that negative thought with the positive thought based on the word of God. And lastly here, after you've identified that negative thought, you give it to God and don't dwell on it. Okay? One of the things that I've gotten in the habit of doing when I get that negative thought, I say, oh God, here, take this thought. Ka-ching. And I kind of picture myself taking that thought and throwing it up to God. And throwing it up to God. Okay, God, take this thought. I'm not going to dwell on that. I'm not going to dwell on that. But what about so-and-so? What about so-and-so? I'm not going to dwell on that. Bing. Give it to God. Give it to God and leave it there. And what Scripture supports that? What does the Word of God say? Cast all my cares upon God because he cares for me. So you got that negative thought coming. Is that I'm not going to dwell on that. The Word of God says, cast all my cares upon me because God loves me. And if you believe that truth, then you cast that care up to God. You give it to him. And don't take it back. Don't try to take take it back by thinking and dwelling, dwelling on it again. Don't dwell on it again. Last couple of scriptures here. 1 Peter 5. Thank you, Jesus. 1 Peter 5. 1 Peter 5 verse 5 Likewise ye younger Submit yourselves unto the elder Yea all of you be subject one to another And be clothed with humility For God resists the proud And gives grace to the humble Humble yourselves therefore Under the mighty hand of God That he may exalt you in due time Casting all your care upon him For he cares for you Casting all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may be, dev- uh, who he may devour. Okay? The devil's out there walking around seeking who he, who can, who he can devour. And he does that devouring by giving you neg- negative thoughts so that you wind up worrying and dwelling on those thoughts. And the more he can keep you dwelling on those thoughts, that you feel so negative that it is manifesting itself in your physical life by what you do, your actions, by how you talk to people, by how you respond to people. It's acting, you know, it's acting itself out, playing itself out in your life. The devil's devouring you. He's devouring you. He's eating you up while you are alive. Okay? It says there in verse number 7, casting all your care upon him because he cares for you. You see? So that's how you wind up replacing that negative thought. You don't dwell on it. You don't dwell on it. You cast it away. Psalm 37 Psalm 37, verse 1, and, and this plays into our thoughts. Psalm 37, verse number 1, fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. Don't worry about people that are doing evil. We think about that so much today, especially when we see people on TV and in the news doing dastardly things and getting away with it, or so it appears. Especially, you know, your next-door neighbor is into all sorts of shenanigans, yet still, you know, he gets blessed with three cars. He's got a house on each continent in the world and so forth, and you sit there fretting, gee whiz, here I love the Lord, and I don't have, I don't have. Don't worry about that. You don't fret yourself because that's a thought the devil puts in your mind. See, look what he's doing. Look what he's doing. Verse number two, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord, uh, unto the Lord, and trust him. He shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy, thy righteousness as the light Thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Fret not thyself because of Him who prospers in His way, because of the man who brings wickedness to pass. Okay. So it's saying all here here to trust God, to give everything to God, commit your way into into the Lord. Committing your way means that I'm going to give what's going on in my life to God. That negative thought comes into mind. Tear it down, resist it, uh, or refill it with a positive thought, and that that thought would be some of the scriptures that you're reading here. And then lastly, really the last one is Isaiah, Isaiah 40, Isaiah 40, Isaiah 40, and... let me see, verse number 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run, not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. So they that wait upon the Lord, He'll renew your strength. All right? got these negative thoughts going through your mind, you pull it down, you cast it out, it's not in accordance with God's words, and refill it with God's word, and then know that if there's something that you're waiting for, to simply wait on it. God is in charge, okay? And he, and he will, he will renew, your, renew your strength. He'll give you strength to go through whatever time it takes for this, whatever it is that you're praying for and waiting for it to come to pass. He will give you strength to take you through it in the meantime. Somehow, he'll bring you, give you strength. And you will have that peace that passes all understanding. Amen. Amen. So we see here that our thoughts are very, very important. Do not let another moment go by by carrying negative thoughts. First of all, recognize that the thought is negative. Once you recognize it's a negative thought and it's not in line with God's word, pull it down, cast it out, reject it, rebuke it, and then fill it with a positive thought, with a thought that is in line with God's word. Think on the wonderful thing, the beautiful thing. Think on the promises that God has given you. Okay? Amen. Praise God. I hope this message was a blessing to you. And now before we close, let us honor God with our tithes and offerings.